This is episode 8, the 10 Sleek Geek Habit Rules. Welcome to the Sleek Geek Health Revolution podcast. My name is Eric Charles and I am here with Ilan Lohman to help you discover how you can build healthy habits and live a better life. Thanks for spending some time with us today. Now let's get to it. It's Eric here. I'm here with Ilan. Ilan, how are you doing? Hey, how's it, everyone? Yeah, um, haven't been feeling that great. Just had two COVID tests, but they came back negative. So I've been a bit under the weather, but I'm still very excited to be here today for this remote podcast. Shame, man. Sorry to feel you haven't been feeling well, but I'm really glad that you don't have COVID. Me too. I know how frustrating it can be to feel sick in this time. But thanks for, thanks for making it here. I really appreciate it. You know, this is a great time for us to test a new podcast recording system. Um, for those that don't know, we normally record the podcast together in the same location. But because Ilan isn't feeling so well and because we also want to figure out how we can record podcasts remotely, we're now testing out a new online recording system where Ilan is at his place in Greenpoint or Mooley Point and I'm at my place in Table View. So I hope this is going to work out well. Yeah, it's actually kind of weird not seeing you uh, up close and personal when we have these conversations. But I think it's, I think it's also great because, you know, if this thing works well, then we can also start to possibly include guests on the podcast um, because in this COVID world, you can't always get them to the studio or to our place. So, yeah, I'm quite excited about it. Um, and it's nice to hear your voice. Uh, fantastic, man. Yeah, I'm really looking forward to us having guests on the podcast one day. Uh, guys, if you do have any guest recommendations, please let us know. Um, I don't think we'll be having guests on just yet, but as the podcast grows, as the following grows, we'll definitely look at getting some people on to talk about health and fitness and building healthy habits. Speaking of which, today's podcast is about the 10 Sleekig Habit Rules. You know, at Sleekig is our mission to help people build healthy habits so they can live a better life. And these are 10 habit rules that we always come back to over and over and over again when helping people in the Sleekig coaching program to transform their lives. Uh, Ilan is going to kick off with the very first one, I believe. Ilan, what do we have? Yeah, well, I mean, I think the first thing, and this is probably the first step for any health program, is to know your why. Um, mm. And, you know, we talk about this a lot in our coaching program, but at the end of the day, you really have to know why you are doing things. And it's about getting in touch with that, I think, more on an emotional level than just, yeah. just on that surface level. So, you know, your desire to build a habit it needs to be stronger than your desire to stop when things are going to get hard because mm. things are going to get hard. So you've got to have that deep why behind your habit. Um, otherwise, it probably won't last. It really has to matter to you. And, right. you know, sometimes I think people think it matters to them or maybe other people tell them that they need to change and they haven't internalized it, but it's really got to be important to you. You know, an example from my own life, is, um, you know, I had braces for 19 months and I fixed up my teeth late in my life as an adult and now I'm really proud of my teeth. I am happy to admit that I never really in my life got into a good flossing routine. Um, so in terms of my dental health, flossing was something I always struggled with. Now that I've had my braces done, I've gotten into a good flossing habit. 
But mm. what's really helped me is every time I floss, I, I almost celebrate it internally and I'm happy because I know that I'm keeping my teeth healthy and strong and looking after my oral health. And yeah. that is really important to me. It's also important to me that I don't have to incur massive dental bills down the line. So mm. when I'm there flossing that teeth, doing that habit, I'm really invested in knowing why I'm doing this. And I find that that's really important in helping to keep me going. It's like even on the days where you, you really don't feel like it, you kind of, you can think to yourself, you know, this is exactly why I'm doing it. This is why it's going to be worth all the hassle yes. because I'm trying to achieve this outcome. Yes. And, and I think a good test for this, for people out there is you ask yourself the question, what is truly at stake? Mm. So, you know, we'll often say to our coaching clients, you know, people come to us and they say, I want to lose five kilograms. I want to lose 10 kilograms. You say, well, that's, that's not really what's at stake. What's at stake is they need to want to have self-confidence. They need to be yeah. a good example to their children. They need, so basically what you really want to get to is what's at stake. So if I don't floss, what's at stake for me is, you know, my teeth um, not being healthy, not being strong and incurring um, more dental bills, you know, and me not being proud about my, 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 my dental hygiene and my, and my health. So, you know, that's the key is really get to grips with why are you wanting to practice this habit and why is it important to you and try and get there on an emotional level. I like that because, you know, like, as you said, like, that's what is at stake. You know, if, if you give in in the moment, say this is too much effort, this is not worth it. You have to actually acknowledge what it is you're giving up, what it is you're going to abandon yes. when you're doing that habit. You're not just abandoning nice teeth. You're abandoning, you know, what that actually means to you, like the confidence yes. or, or something like that. And, you know, unfortunately, I think anyone who makes significant change in your life usually has a very strong why. Yeah. But it's either a why that they've chosen, like they've gone and they've, they've sat through this exercise and they've actually really thought about why they want to change. Or it's because something really negative has happened to them and it's put the strong why suddenly in their life. Sure. You know, someone has cancer and suddenly now they've got to stop smoking. Someone has a heart like attack. Or... They, they get these very bad whys that then drive them to action. Yeah. So you can either wait until something bad happens and you're forced to change yeah. or you can be proactive and you can actually run towards like this positive future. Absolutely. I mean, you know, Tony Robbins always says that people do everything out of either trying to move away from pain or towards pleasure. Mm. So... You know, for me, it's a bit of both. Yeah. But I think getting to grips with your reasons is, is critical. So we do have a, an exercise on the Slicky website called the five whys. I highly recommend people check it out. You can actually just type into Google how to stay motivated by finding your why. Um, and you, you should find it on the Slicky website. It's a great, it will walk you through step-by-step step exactly how to do the five whys exercise to find this deep why behind your habit. Great. Cool. So the, the second one, I'm going to take a shot at this. The second habit rule that we have at Sleek Geek is you have to believe that you can build this habit. You need to choose to believe that you can make something a habit that actually lasts. Obviously, part of believing that you can do something is, is that it's realistic. Um, and, you know, there's no point to you saying, I'm going to go to gym seven days a week for two hours a session. And that's going to be my new habit. If, if that is highly unrealistic, and you'll find it hard to believe that you could achieve that. Absolutely. You know, in the Sleeky Coaching Program, we often ask people this ready, willing, and able kind of question where 
when we're working with them on building a certain healthy habit, we actually ask them, how, how ready do you feel to work on this habit? How, how willing are you? How able are you to actually get started? Mm. And if we find that they don't rank themselves extremely confidently, mm. we then either try and change the habit or we try and make it easier until we get to a point where they actually believe they can do this. Like, oh yeah, I can, I can definitely, I can definitely exercise for five minutes, three times a week. That's a piece of cake. Sure. Absolutely, but if you're a busy, if you're a, if you're a working mom, homeschooling your kids, um, you know, doing a million things, there's no way that you'd probably believe that you could go and train for two hours a day. Um, exactly. Extreme examples. So ultimately, yeah, and, and you know, so that's the one aspect is being realistic. But the other mm. is also, you know, in terms of your limiting beliefs and your self beliefs. You know, yeah. Some people believe that they don't have the ability to make change. Um, they're basing that on the on the idea that they have failed in the past. Yeah. So, you know, where I think we should make a distinction here is our sleeping system is based around building habits. Now, a lot of people who've tried to make change in the past have not taken this habit-based approach that we teach. Mm. Um, they may have used other methods which might have been setting themselves up for a big failure. For example, very drastic diets. Or, you know, going on lifestyle change programs that are just totally out of sync with their real realistic life. So like trying to overhaul every single thing of their life all in one go. Like they're going to change exactly. every single habit or unhealthy habit they have all at once. Yeah. Give me a big bang and they're going to wake up tomorrow like this brand new person. Absolutely. So, for example, some people who've tried many things and they failed, they find it really hard to believe that they can make change. Yeah, uh, those are the kind of people who typically say, "Oh, they suck. They're weak. They've got no discipline." Those, those are the kind of statements you hear from. Mm. And and I think you know what we always say, like with our new coaching clients, is if you're going to come on to a new program and you want to give it a chance, you've almost got to you've got to try and believe that it's going to work. Um, you know, if you're going to start a new training plan, for example, you can't start you can't start a new training plan um, if you don't believe that that training plan can work for you. Absolutely. You know, there's, there's a saying like, whether you believe you can or you can't, you're right. And it really does come down to like, if you don't believe you can actually do something, you're going to like look for every reason on ahead why you can't, you're going to find all these reasons, find all these excuses. And that's going to be the, the lens through which you look at life. Yeah. But if you choose to believe this is something you can do and you're willing to do and you're able to do, you're going to constantly look for solutions. So whenever there's a problem, you're going to, you're going to immediately be looking for solutions because you believe that there is a way to overcome this challenge. Like if you, if you have a, a workout plan you're trying to follow, but suddenly you're short on time, if you believe that you can still get in a good workout, even if it's a bit shorter, you're going to just look for a solution of how you can adapt your workout, make it a bit smaller, make it a bit more time, time sensitive, and you're going to get going. That's brilliant. Um, or you're going to, you're going to, if, if you fail it, like if you just, just realize crap, I can't do this habit today. Yeah. You're going to try and learn from the lessons from that mistake. You know, what could I do tomorrow to avoid that happening again? Because I know I can succeed at this. Yeah. I just need to learn why I didn't succeed today. I think that's a really brilliant point because, you know, I think what a lot of people do, if they feel, if they go in with a mindset that they can't do it from the start, mm. then, you know, people like to be right. People like yes. to prove themselves right. And, you know, so when they then start to struggle, which is part of the journey or, you know, nothing's always easy, then straight away they're like, oh, you see, I told you I can't do this. I told you I suck. You know, I was right. 
and it's kind of like vindicated them. And that's the wrong mindset. The right mindset of someone who believes that they can is that they're going to look for a solution to overcome mm. that setback. So I think that's a really, really, really good point there. Yeah, so I think like let's go into the, the, the third the third rule then, um, if you're happy to do that. Yeah, go for it. Yeah, and I mean that is to be specific. Now that sounds really obvious. But mm. you know, anyone who's ever tried to achieve anything in life um, would know that it really helps to narrow things down um, and to get crystal clear on exactly, you know, what it is that you you want to build a habit of doing. Okay. Um so for example, if you're just thinking I want to be healthy, that's a very general um, idea. You know, um, it's hard to form a habit of being healthy. But yes. you know, what does it actually look like to be a healthy person? I might need to, I don't know, uh, walk for 20 minutes a day. Or that mm. might be the habit. Or I might need to add some vegetables to two of my meals or one of my meals in a day. You know, so I think what you need to do is you need to get really specific on the habit that you want to create and break it down into small parts. And and after that, you know, when will you do it? How will you do it? And I think also what's important is what does success look like? What does yes. progress look like? You know, a lot of people are quite vague and then it's really hard for them to tell if they are um, achieving what they've set out to do. So I think it's really um, important to be quite specific about, you know, what you want to do. And like I said, you know, if your habit is I want to add vegetables to dinner every night, then that's a very specific habit that you want to create. And mm. it's very easy to see if you succeeded or not. You know, did you have vegetables to dinner or not? Yes, no. Um, no kind of gray area. I don't know what, yeah, what you want to add to that. Sorry, whenever one of my clients are, are struggling with building a habit and we think it's maybe a bit vague, I always tell them to zoom in. Like, how can we zoom in on this habit and break it down into smaller parts yeah. or more specific parts to be exact? As you said, help, being in the habit of being healthy is very vague. Yeah. Uh, having the habit of eating more healthy is a bit better, but it's still pretty vague. How can you zoom in more? Okay, maybe, maybe you're looking at the habit of eating more minimally processed foods. That's better. Yeah. But how can you zoom in more? What what are those minimally processed foods comprised of? So how can you now uh, get in the habit of eating more protein with every meal, eating more vegetables every meal? Absolutely. Great. And if that is still becoming like still too hard to maybe go to zoom in even further and figure out exactly how much protein or how many vegetables and even even uh, how can you get in the habit of um, buying those vegetables and buying the protein to make sure it's available? How can you get in the habit of bulk cooking it? Like those are all individual habits that, that can, when you zoom, when you really zoom in, you can see what they look like. And once you've kind of got all those individual habits working well, you can kind of start zooming out. You can get a bit of a more bigger picture kind of thing because they're all now automatic. Now you just focus on, I have the habit of being healthy, but you know that deep down it's actually comprised of 10 to 20 different habits that all add up um, together. Yeah, and I think the other thing, uh, not to digress too much from the point itself, but what we've learned in working with people over the, late, the last eight, nine years is that it seldom works to try and change everything all at once. Yes. And a lot of people who want to embark on change have a very big bang, all or nothing kind of approach to change. Yeah. Um, but we found that when people focus on smaller things and getting those things right and building on that, um, that is when they're, li they're most likely to 
to continue be consistent and have success. So absolutely, I think, I think it's a great point. So you know, thinking about all these different building blocks on your health journey is very valuable because you can't change everything all at once overnight and focus on everything. You know, you know, there's no point saying on Monday morning. Let's say someone's living a really unhealthy lifestyle now at the moment. There's no point saying on Monday morning, I'm going to wake up at five, I'm going to meditate, then I'm going to have an ice cold shower, then I'm going to drink two liters of water, then I'm going to do this, then I'm going to do that. And basically, you know, they set up like 10, 12 things on day one that they want to do that they've never done before. Yeah. And all of a sudden, and then they wonder that they can't keep that um, consistent or they can't sustain it. And it's because people try to change too many things at one yes. time. So what I try and do is with my clients that I work with, um, obviously it takes some knowledge about different healthy habits, but I try and I figure out what's what's like the low-hanging fruit or what's going to give you the biggest bang for your buck. Mm. You know, right now, if your sleep is really terrible and it's ruining your life, then you know, focusing on habits around sleep is probably the best thing that you can do. Um, you know, so it's about identifying right now, if you're extremely sedentary and you want to get a bit active. So it's about each person taking a bit of a, a look at their life, figuring out what they think are the areas that are going to have a high impact and starting there with some basic habits. Um, around For that. sure. And I find that the more specific that someone gets about their habits are trying to build, you know, what does the habit look like? When exactly will they do that habit? How will they do that habit? What does making progress on that habit look like? And, and even like what does being consistent look like with that habit? Mm-hmm. That the more that they, they get specific about those kind of mm-hmm. things, the less habits they try and take on all at once. The less things that try and change all at once because they realize there's actually so many moving parts they've got to juggle. They've got to now start to prioritize what are the most important ones because they, they realize they can't, they simply can't do everything all yeah. at once. Um, but I think people who are very vague about what they want to achieve, uh, you know, they, they then tend to be all over the show. They, they, um, they tend to take on more than they can handle because they haven't quite thought it through yet. And that's almost always why they end up failing. Absolutely. So I think that leads very nicely into the uh, the fourth rule, um, and you're going to take it away there. Yeah. So the number the fourth uh, habit rule at Sleek Geek is to make it easy. You know, when building a new habit, make it easy to do so you can do it consistently and repeatedly enough to actually become a habit. Now this is an interesting one because if you want to say uh, build the habit of working out. You've actually got to, like, before you can start chasing the results, before you can start having, like, the, the best workouts ever, you've actually got to build the habit of working out itself. Like, the habit of actually take, setting aside some time every day to be active, to, be, to become the kind of person who is active regularly. Um, you know, until, until it becomes a habit, your priority really needs to be focusing on the process rather than the habit. Uh, sorry, rather than the outcome. So you build the habit of taking consistent and repeated action before you turn up the intensity. And this is why it's important to make it easy in the beginning. Absolutely. I mean, I'm a massive fan. Like, I mean, I know that these uh, rules aren't in specific order, um, but to me, like this is the most important rule for anyone embarking on a journey of change, specifically around habits, is to make it as easy as possible that you can't fail. Um, because I think people generally, they start off by making things um, too hard 
and then you know they don't feel like they're getting anywhere and then they get into a negative spiral and often abandon their journey and it's quite interesting because one of the practitioners around habits bj fogg that i really love and, I, and and follow a lot you know he he says that things that are hard take a very high degree of motivation you know mm. things that are easy take much less motivation okay um, and I'll give you an example. So I talked, uh, referenced in the beginning of the podcast, me starting to floss my teeth. Now, you know, in terms of making it easy, I always struggled. My orthodontist gave me these, you know, these strings, floss things, which, you know, it's like dental floss that you've got to thread through your teeth. Now with braces and everything else, um, you know, and in the gaps, it's very, it's, I don't find it easy. I don't have the codes. Like I actually really struggle to floss my teeth with those things. So it was hard. And so every time I'd come to it at night, it just seemed like a real ball ache to do it. You know, whereas then he said to me, well, why don't you try those flossing sticks that you could buy? And I bought those. And since then I've been flossing every night because it's easy. And just making it easier allowed me to build that habit. Now I've got the confidence to try and take the next step. Um, if you want to exactly it's it's still working so you know making it easier actually made it um and then the other point that that bj fogg makes which i think is really important is we've all heard that expression that success creates more success Mm. or when people feel successful so what they've shown with some scientific research is that it's not the magnitude of the success it's just that people are successful so you don't have to have a massive success you just have to feel like you're being successful to be in the mode of pursuing more success. And I, like I think that. that that is a really, really key point around why it's important to make it easy is because if you're embarking on a new healthy lifestyle, even if you start getting simple things right, you're going to feel in a positive mind frame. You're going to feel confident. You're going to feel like, hey, I can do this, as opposed to that feeling of in week one beating yourself up because you set yourself such lofty um goals that were unrealistic yeah you know i often see a building habits as like you've almost got to vote for the kind of person you want to become every single day yeah like every time you do some kind of workout or anytime you build you have a healthy meal or every time you uh, go to bed early and get a good night's sleep you're kind of voting for the kind of person that you want to become sure you know every every action you take so the more often you can vote for yourself to vote for the future you, you want to become the better which is why like making it easy is really important because it, it, it's not about like how many, like how, how big your vote is. Yeah. It's just some, are you voting every single day for the kind of person you want to become? Now, the problem is most people set the bar like way too high, yeah. right? Like, they they, they want to be hardcore. They want to um, have like massive, make massive progress in the beginning. But the problem is like, that isn't actually badass if you end up falling off the wagon or only doing it for like three or four days. You know, consistency, even when life gets messy, now that is badass. You know, that, that is like, I see someone being consistent day in and day out, even if they, you know, they're not, they're not like doing the, the most hardcore workout or not eating like the super healthiest meal in the world. If, if they're just showing up every single day, no matter what, come rain or shine, I'm like, damn, that's actually really impressive. Like their consistency really impresses me. And people who... Uh, stop and start and restart over and over and over again. To me, that's not impressive at all. That that's a clear sign that you're doing something wrong. No matter how impressive the one or two times you do it look. 
Absolutely. And, and you know what I also find about making things easy is that then when life gets hard, you can always comfortably start defaulting. You can scale things down a little bit comfortably. You know, yes. someone who's not accustomed to doing that kind of thing is in this all or nothing mindset all the time. So, you know, I find sometimes in life when things get busy, when things get stressful, um, for example, your nutrition, you know, let's say, for example, you're starting to eat not as well as you've been eating the last couple of weeks. Yeah. Um, but, you know, you're still able to maintain the habit of making sure that you have vegetables at dinner every night or making sure that you have yes. some, you know, so, so that you're taking your supplements or you're having some fruit or whatever it is. You know, it's, it's a case of you can default back to simpler habits. And yeah. you might not be doing things perfectly, but you still have some simple, easy, doable habits in the mix that are making sure that you don't default into this all or nothing um, kind of, of place where you really don't want to be. Nice. You know, it kind of keeps momentum going. Yeah. Um, I think often people who follow a very, very rigid plan and have a very, very high uh, expectation for themselves or they set a very, very high bar, they, they end up stopping and starting when, when times get tough and when times get easy. Yeah, because uh, if you picture it like a light switch, like their only option is to be on or off. Exactly, perfect or not at all. Yeah. Whereas habits are flexible, they're scalable. You know, the habit of eating vegetables, um, it might involve, you know, make like... When, when life is going well, it might involve, you know, steaming some nice vegetables, might using the air fryer or like oven roasting them, whatever. But for me, like when life is messy, I will literally, if I want vegetables for lunch, I'll go grab a couple of carrots from the fridge and a handful of baby tomatoes. Exactly. Like that takes 10 seconds to do. And it's, it's sure it, it may not be like gourmet veggies, but it keeps momentum going. It keeps my habit going and it reinforces I am the kind of person who eats healthy uh, vegetables. So when life gets easier again, yeah. I'm still that kind of person. I can just keep going. I can scale the habit up again and I can start doing more complicated kind of vegetable contributions to my meals. Absolutely. I mean, that, that brings me to like a, a good kind of point that's aligned with that is most of the time when people feel out of control with a healthy mm. lifestyle or whatever it is, it's because they're not doing what they set out to do. So for example, if you say, I want to be active and you're doing nothing, you're going to feel bad about yourself. Absolutely. If you did a 10-minute workout every day that week, it might not sound like much, but it's probably going to make you at least feel like you're doing something. You know, you spoke earlier about voting for that person that you want to be. Yeah. So, so when you do these small things, it kind of just keeps you feeling like you're doing something at least towards what you're aspiring to. And that's, that's, that's where I think it's really powerful is because you're still at least voting for your health. Even if you can't get to the gym and do it an hour and a half workout, you've done something which is saying, I still want to be active. So and that's rewarding, right? Like, you know, when you, no matter how, how small the habit is, when you do it, you, you feel this like sense of satisfaction that you've, you've stuck to your plan yep. that you still like, no matter how hard life is getting right now, you've done something which is better than nothing. And that you and that kind of, kind of bring us to the next point of doing it regularly right absolutely i mean i've always been a huge fan of you know said that saying you are what you repeatedly do mm -hmm. um, you know so you know habits aren't so much about effort they're about repetition um you know the more you do something the more likely you are to carry on doing it and for it to become more automatic all right um, you know so essentially you know i've always liked uh you remember that that expression practice makes perfect you know it's sleek we don't like um talking about being perfect so eric you mm -hmm. would always say practice makes permanent yeah um, and you know it all ties in because you know our philosophy is that health is a habit 
health is a practice and yeah. health is a skill. So essentially, I think this is a major paradigm shift for people because I think a lot of people don't realize that being good at being healthy is actually about practicing. Absolutely. So, you know, like the, yeah. the less frequently you practice your habits, generally the longer it's going to take to become a habit. There may be some exceptions, yes. but the more frequently you do something, the quicker it will become a habit and the less frequently you do, do something that the slower it will take. And I think a good example of that is just looking at building a new skill. Yeah. Like let's say you want to learn how to play the piano or you want to learn how to speak a new language. Sure. It, it, no amount of like, you're not going to sit down for a whole day and give like 120% effort um, and suddenly be able to play amazingly. Like you're going to actually have to go away and decompress what you've learned and come back and repeat it and repeat it and repeat it over and over and over and over and over again yep. to actually build that skill and to practice even on good days and on bad days. And to start small. You know, I mean, you can't, you can't learn how to play a musical instrument instrument you know without like starting with the basics here are the chords you know exactly here's you know i mean look i've never learned a musical instrument so i wouldn't be able to but i mean what i imagine is you know it shows you that people need to start small and slowly as they grow their confidence and their experience and yeah things. whereas you know what generally happens in the diet culture or in the fitness industry is that people get given um, plans or programs that on day one, it's just too advanced. Um, mm. Everything that they need to do, it's just too much. And then they wonder why they can't do it because they don't realize that it's a, a, something that they need to practice to get better at. Um, and For straight, sure, away it's they, yeah, it's so straight away they think, oh, I failed. I can't do this. I suck. It's because those people have more willpower than me, which is not correct. Um, mm. So repetition is basically, um, it's critical. You are what you repeatedly do. And what you want to do is you want to just, I mean, I found this when I've wired in habits in my life is at some point, once you start doing something enough, it will feel weird when it's not there anymore. So for yes. example, you know, if you, if you are someone who doesn't normally go and exercise um, mm. and you get into the habit of exercising regularly, then you get sick and you can't exercise. It's going to feel really weird. Something it sucks. Something is missing, you know, and, you also get to the point where, like now, for example, when I'm brushing my teeth at night, even if I'm tired and I'm saying in my head, you know what, I don't really feel like flossing. Uh, will it really matter if I don't floss tonight? Um, yeah. I'm still thinking to myself, you know what, dude, it's not so bad. You do it all the time. Like it, it would actually be harder for me now not to do it. <laughs> yeah. Then, you know, so like, I mean, I actually, I do it because something would be missing if I didn't do it. I built that habit. Um, I like that. And yeah, uh, I, yeah. Sorry. No, no, go for it. So flossing is like an easy example of something that people can do every single day. So it's, it's easy for them to do it regularly. But obviously there, there are also some habits that maybe you only want to do once or twice a week or maybe even once a month or something like that. So, so People may be wondering how can they do something regularly if it's if it's not quite a daily action. Yes, uh, I think ideally, I know with most of the the habits that we help people build in the Sleepy Coaching Program, we we help them focus on things that they can do every single day. Yeah, uh, because those are probably the things that are going to get them the most amount of progress and help them become the person they can become. Mm -hmm. But what I also try to encourage my clients is if they can't do something every day, find a way to at least 
think about it or plan for it or support it as often as possible. Mm -hmm. So maybe a client can only or wants to only work out three times a week for 10 or 15 minutes at a time. Sure. That's fine. But I still want them to find a way to be active every single day. Yeah. Even if it means it's just five minutes of foam rolling or even just five minutes of planning what the workout is going to be for the next day. I just want them to get into the headspace of thinking about that habit on a daily basis to kind of maintain that identity yes. that they're the kind of person who does this habit. Yes. I mean, you often find people who, who are learning a new language or, or learning a new musical instrument, the, the times they aren't practicing it, they're often thinking about it in their heads. You know, that they're going through what they've learned. They, they're watching videos of other people doing it. So even if, like, they aren't practicing right now, they're watching on YouTube someone else practicing. Sure. Or if they aren't working out right now, they're watching on YouTube a video of someone else working out. And yeah. it just reinforces that kind of identity and, and the habit to them. Sure. And, you know, habits also, for example, aren't necessarily always linear in time. For example, take something like the habit of ordering well from a menu. Yes. Now, you know, you might, you know, if you really want to get nitty gritty with, um, you know, you might argue that that's more skill. But, you know, let's just say you want to get in the habit of ordering correctly when you eat out. So it's unpredictable how many times you go out, you go and eat out. But what you want to do is now we're going back to we're talking about repetition and repetition at the moment and doing something regularly. What you'll find is the more often you start to order well off a menu, the easier it is going to be to eat out. You know, Absolutely. The more often you get comfortable with making better choices for yourself when you eat out, the easier it's going to get to, to realize, hey, that actually wasn't so bad. Hey, I actually still enjoyed myself. You know, so ultimately, it's not only just about daily habits. Um, what I also used to like talk to one of my clients about quite a lot was she struggled a lot with managing her weekend. On the weekend, mm -hmm. she would do a lot of overeating, etc. And she would beat herself up about it. She'd say, oh, you know, she sucks. And I said, you know what? Just think about it like this. Every weekend is an opportunity to practice, to get, to get better at managing your weekend. And some weekends aren't going to really go as well as you hope they would. Um, yeah. And, and others will. But it's just about constantly practicing. And I think, you know, we're probably going to talk about one of the points later uh, around habits. Not You know, you don't have to be perfect. Um, I think we say don't be all or nothing. But essentially, I think it's important for people when we're talking about repetition, because repetition, you know, you can also say it's like a streak. Um, yeah. You know, it's like how many days in a row did you cross off? And I think this is quite important is because obviously when I've tried to build habits, I've realized you are going to have the other the, the day or two where you get it wrong or you miss it or you forget or for some reason you just didn't do it. Yeah. Okay. And the thing is, is not to let that unsettle you. You, you need to realize that you don't have to have a perfect scorecard to build a habit. Like mm. What you need to do is you just need to keep up with the momentum. So if you decided you were going to drink a liter of water every day this week and you did it on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and then you didn't do it on Thursday and Friday, on Saturday, don't blow it off and say, I failed, I sucked. Just try and get back into the swing of it. And over time, you know, you will be able to build the habit. I think that's critical. For sure. Getting, getting back on track as quickly as possible is one of the key things that, that separates successful people from, from unsuccessful people. And whether they Exactly. Whether, whether it's like, you know, athletes or business people or just people trying to be healthy. Yep. Like those who, 
who stuff up or make a mistake or lose an opportunity and then get back on track at the very next opportunity. Yep. They are always ones who end up being far more successful than those who sit around and wait for the perfect time to get started again. Absolutely. And I love how, how you reframed talking about the weekends as an opportunity rather than a challenge. You know, we often hear people saying uh, it's not a problem, it's an opportunity, but I think people often don't actually think about what that actually means. You know, I hate, I hate missing a workout, not necessarily because I really wanted to, I felt like working out that day. I hate missing a workout because I feel like I'm missing an opportunity to get stronger, to get leaner, to, to get healthier, to get fitter. Like it's, that's an opportunity I'm never going to get back again. And I hate losing that out. So I love how you, you encourage your client to reframe and, and almost look forward to every weekend that's coming as like, I can't wait for this weekend to come because yeah. I'm getting a chance to practice my new skills sure. and get better. Like if this is a, if this is my big problem in life, this coming weekend is my very next opportunity to overcome that problem. Like I should be excited about that. Absolutely. And if you did miss that workout, like you said, just get back on track. It's not the end of the world. And mm. the reason why I made that distinction is because, you know, in, in, in the habit world, you know, people talk about it takes 21 days to form a habit. Now there's no real science to substantiate that. Mm. Many different, Robin Sharma says it's 66 days. Um, you know, like James Clear says it depends on the complexity of the habit. You know, it is like some habits can take months to form. You go buy a new car. How long is it going to take you to get into the habit of driving a new car? Exactly. Rather than your old car? exactly. <laughs> because he'll argue, uh, BJ Fogg will argue that it's tied to emotions and that you can actually yeah. wire in a habit overnight if you've got the right emotional connection to it. So Absolutely. the reason I want to make that point is because for someone who's starting out on their journey, if they missed a day, they shouldn't think, oh, you know, I missed the day in those 21 days that are so magical and now I'm not going to form this habit. It doesn't work that way. What really, what really, how it works is you've got to just keep being persistent. You've got to be mm. persistent and you've got to be consistent and you've got to keep repeating it as much as possible. And that's, that is the key. So that brings us into tracking consistency, which is the next like, point. Sorry? Absolutely. Is that your point or my point? I can't remember anymore. Yeah, it's, it's, it's your point. Um, sorry, you know, it's actually hard when I can't see you sitting there, um, you know, to see that you started talking. But no, number six, tracking consistency is, is your point. So excellent. It, it leads into that. So I really think it's important to to track your habit that you're practicing, both on good days and on bad days. So you actually have an objective view of how well you're doing. You know, most people are actually really bad at judging how well they're doing or how poorly they've been doing it. Yeah. Um, like simply, like what we've actually found in the coaching program is simply the action of tracking the habit creates this kind of awareness yeah. and makes you more likely to do it regularly and be more successful. We've had we've had clients who have dramatically improved their nutrition and we haven't given them any actual nutrition instruction. We've just simply asked them, Hey, can you spend the next two weeks uh, recording everything you've eaten and send it to us in the food journal? Yeah. Suddenly like before every meal, they're sitting down and thinking, what am I going to write in this food journal? How can I, how can I um, be more mindful? Be more mindful of this. And literally just the fact that they are tracking it and thinking about it every, every day dramatically improves how well they're actually eating. And this applies to every single habit out there. It can be a little bit of a schlep sometimes to track, but if this habit is important to you, you will be willing to take five or 10 seconds out of your day to open your notebook or open up an app on your phone and tick it off. You know, we've actually got something called Sleekig Habit Tracker, which you can download from the Sleekig website. And it's a very simple thing where you just write in the habit you want. And every day 
you just tick it off and yes, no, yes, no. And actually ticking off, like the action of ticking off can be very, very satisfying. And as you spoke about earlier, Elan, um, building this like the streak, like building this visual streak of how well you're doing or how well you're not doing. Yeah, I think it'd be great if, you know, in the link with this podcast, you know, we can put a link to the, the Sleeky Habit Tracker. I think it's very useful for someone to print it out and put it on their fridge. Um, it works. You know, it's like people can come up with their own system. And I, I like your point is, you know, at the end of the day, it's good to track whether you've got a right or not got a right. So in our coaching system, when people track their habits, they need to tick off if they did do it or even if they didn't do it. It's not just about only um, ticking it off on the days that you got it right. And, yeah. you know, I like, for me, visually and mentally, it's really powerful to build streaks. So one of the lovely analogies that I, that I love, I, you know, I love Seinfeld. He's one of my favorite comedians. I love the show. And I love the story where a young comedian was asking Jerry Seinfeld, you know, Jerry, how do I become such a successful comedian um, like you? And Jerry said, basically, all he did was he had a calendar where he said, just write a joke every day. Like, it doesn't matter if it's bad. It doesn't matter if it's good. Just write a joke every day. And he's got this big calendar on his wall and he puts a big red cross every day that he writes a joke. So he can just see visually looking at his calendar in one glance, did he miss out any days? And when you get a whole lot of days in a row, you call that a streak. So, you know, that's just a very simple, so it doesn't need to be high tech at all. You know, um, there's many different ways that people can do that. Even just on their, their phones, they can create a checklist um, in their notes, whatever it is, but visually just to see, you know, are you getting some streaks? on tracking that habit. I yeah, often I think it's, it's actually simpler the better. I mean, yeah. you know, what, what I found has worked quite well for many of my clients is to either um, get them to find an accountability buddy where they simply have to message each other like when they've done their habits. Yeah. Just like, just my workout, tick, maybe here's like a selfie of it or whatever. Um, or another one that works really well is simply posting into the Sleeky Facebook group. Yeah. You know, every time you do your habit, make some kind of post in there. Um, yeah. It's very satisfying to then get all the feedback, the positive encouragement that comes, the likes, the comments. And it's just like a, this acknowledgement, like, ha, like here's proof of me doing my habit, proof of me becoming yep. the kind of person that I want to become. Sure. And um, I, think, I think, you know, back to, you know, we talked about people who were more solutions orientated, people who had a, you know, more of a positive belief that they could do this. And we talked about making things smaller and more doable. So yeah. what I would say is, you know, when you have this data, you know, try and make it more useful to you in a sense that, um, you know, if you're not getting things right, then, mm. you know, you should look at it and think, okay, well, why, why am I not, you know? And then is there anything that I can do? Like, for example, take the dental floss. Like, let's say I was struggling to floss with the conventional floss. Like, yeah. if I saw that I wasn't ticking it off, I'd be like, okay, well, what can I do? Okay, maybe I could use dental sticks. Or, you know, I think the key thing is – Let's say someone said they're going to take their, their minerals or their vitamins every day and they didn't. And they think they should then think, why, why, why am I finding it hard to do this? And it's going to come into our next point, which is to create a trigger, um, mm. which, is, which is my point. But like, you know, maybe it's because you just need to put your bottle of vitamins next to the kettle that you boil every, you know, every morning. Um, um, just I like that. You know, I, I found the clients I've worked with um, – there's some people who, when things don't go well, they will stop tracking. You know, maybe they, they're weighing themselves regularly and as soon as the weight starts to go up, they stop weighing. Or they're busy doing a food log or tracking the calories or writing their workouts and as soon as they stop doing it, yeah. they 
they're subtracting. Like, you know, they're, okay, they're, they're tracking the calories, tracking the calories, tracking the calories. And then as soon as they've had like some junk food, then they stop. Yeah. And there's like this little blank spot in their journal. And I found that the people who track, even when things are going badly, are the people who actually are um, more likely to succeed sure. because they are more committed to actually finding a solution to why they're not doing it. Whereas if you are hiding from the fact that you aren't being successful, you're never going to find the solution to why that is so. Yeah. You know, you're never going to actually find like the answer. You're never going to find how can you improve. But if you can see, okay, if I look over the past month, there's this clear trend where every weekend I stop tracking my food there's probably a good chance every weekend I'm eating stuff that isn't so good and I'm too embarrassed to track it. Yes, absolutely. Therefore, the reason for my lack of progress is very likely my weekends. So therefore, what can I do to solve that? Like that is like solution-oriented thinking. Absolutely. And I think, you know, that leads into us, you know, creating a trigger, which I'll talk to as the next point. Um, you know, all habits are started by a cue, and this is number seven of the 10 um, rules of uh, Sleeky capitals. So all habits are started by some kind of a cue or a trigger. Mm. Now, it's often in, it's in our best interests if we are trying to control what that cue or trigger is. It's going to yeah. be much harder for us to build a habit. You know, for example, you know we we have a cue like when when I pour my first coffee for the day. Um, that is when I open up my bottle of vitamins whenever to take my vitamins okay um so that's the cue or the trigger uh and ultimately it's it's best if you can find you know triggers in your life that are going to work contextually so you know there are different ways to do this i mean a lot of people set reminders on their phones i'm not a huge fan of reminders because we tend to ignore them quite often i don't know if you do that as well but you know, I think it depends on how many notification reminders you have. Okay, it depends on the person. But some people would say, I'm going to set myself a notification at 9 a.m. every morning to drink a glass of water. And, yeah. you know, they might not necessarily respond to those notifications. If you're that kind of person, then a really great thing to do is to take something that you already do habitually in your life. We all have a range of things that we do every day um, or things that happen out of habit or things that happen regularly. Um, and it's really powerful to use those as kind of anchor points um, yeah. in order to attach building a new habit onto. Now, James Clear calls that habit stacking. But, you know, at the end of the day, it's very simple. Like, you know, take my, my flossing my teeth example. Like I brush my teeth every day, every night. So the thing <clears> is, at night, once I've brushed my teeth, I'm going to floss my teeth which actually is kind of weird because most people floss them. Before. It makes sense to floss them before you brush them, right? <laughs> um, but I floss mine after because I've attached it to the idea of brushing my teeth at night um, just so that I won't forget. Um, now that I've mastered that, I'm going to try and move it um, before. But it's really helpful to do things attached to things that you read in your life. I don't know what you want to maybe say about that point, Eric. I love it. You know, I, I think it's very true that, you know, all habits are started by some kind of cure trigger. And this can be like an event and reminder, like you said, it could be a, even like a time of day mm -hmm. or an emotion. You know, I mean, some examples are like, you know, a trigger for eating junk food might be a certain emotion you're feeling. We're feeling sad. Yeah. Or 
you know, we might get angry because someone cuts us off in traffic. Like we, we, in, in the moment, you may not actually notice why you're doing this, but every single human behavior yes. is done for a reason. There's, there's, there's some kind of cue or trigger or environment kind of indication that has prompted us to do that. Yes. Very often it's just a time of day or it's just the thing that comes after what we've just done. Like our alarm goes off in the morning, so we get up. Yeah. Yep. Or snooze. Those are both habits. Or, yep. you know, once we get up, we go to the bathroom. That's a habit. Uh, yep. Once we go to the bathroom, we, we then maybe have a shower or then we go and uh, eat breakfast and then we brush our teeth and then we get ready for work. Like it's, these are all like series of habits. And anything that you, you're wanting to do, like you just got to find a way to actually um bore that into your day like if you're struggling to do something consistently there's a good chance you haven't found the right trigger for that so if you're trying to if you want to work out regularly okay uh for me working out regularly i find for me the best trigger is a certain time of day yes so i normally work out pretty much around the same time every single day it's usually around 12 o'clock noon like noon lunchtime one o'clock maybe if i'm i'm pushing it back a bit but i just know when it's the middle of the day that is my trigger to work out yeah uh, whether it's a hard workout whether it's cardio whether it's uh, some recovery or walking noon is my trigger to work out for other people it might be uh first thing in the morning yeah or it might be once they, once the kids have gone to bed at night yes. um there are certain habits that i've had to uh, create reminders for on my phone or I've written like post-it notes on my fridge or my mirror. But the, the main thing is like, if you're struggling to do something, like you're struggling to remember to do something, like this is a very easy problem to solve. Like when people come to me and they say, Oh, I forgot to do my habit. or I forgot to work out. I forgot to eat healthy. I'm like, that is a really easy problem to solve. Yes. Like the fact that you haven't done it means you probably don't want it bad enough yes. because it's so easy to solve. Just create some kind of trigger, create some kind of reminder. Um, very often, I think the challenge is very often we don't necessarily pick the, the, the perfect triggers in the, the first time. Yeah. Sometimes it does take a bit of trial and error sure. to, to figure out. Um, yeah. You know, a, a good example of this is sometimes it's very subtle, but like people say they want to watch less TV um, and they want to read more, for example. Mm -hmm. But when you go into their lounge, all the furniture is facing where? It's facing towards the television. Yeah. So what happens if you turn the furniture away slightly or if you, you hit the remote away or you, you, you did something, like you put the TV inside the cupboard and you, now you put nice books, yep. coffee table, visible there. Like you, you walk into the lounge, you sit down, oh, you see there's books in front of you. That's a trigger to read more. And the, because the TV isn't visible, you don't have the trigger to watch more TV. You know, it works both ways for good habits and bad. You can make good habits um, more visible, more noticeable, more accessible. Yeah. And you can just bad habits. Yeah, I mean, on that same point, you can also do deals with yourself where, for example, if you want to bring in a new habit, you make it contingent on something that you already habitually do. So, for example, let's say you want to journal more, um, mm. but you're finding at the moment you watch too much TV every night. You might say to yourself, okay, I need to write in my journal for 10 minutes before I can switch on the TV. Yes. You know, that's another way that you can play with cues or triggers in implementing habits in your life. So nice. that's another technique that one can use. And I also like, you know, when you talked about different um, events, reminders, it can be an emotion. So, for example, let's say you're suffering with stress at the moment. Um, and one thing you do when you get stressed is to practice some, you know, two minutes of deep breathing, whatever it might be as your habit. So that's a more ad hoc kind of cue where basically it's based on an emotion where you say to yourself, when I feel stressed, 
then I'm going to do my deep breathing for two minutes. Um, and that's obviously more ad hoc, but it's based on the cue of the emotion. And so people might, might use sure. a tool like that. But I definitely find, you know, when you're more intentional, you know, whichever it's going to be, like, you know, as I said, I don't necessarily like time of day or notifications. It works for you. Different people will respond to different things and they're going to have to find their own um, formulas. Um, I think it's just basically, it's outcomes based. If you find that, you know, certain types of triggers are not working for you, then you have to look for more concrete ones. Um, but what I did find is people who, who say, you know, people who make statements like, oh, I'm going to journal every day. If they mm. don't define more or less, if they don't link that to some kind of trigger or event, it's likely that it won't happen. Um, if it's just ad hoc, you know, if the idea is they'll do it just when they have time, it's unlikely to happen. Um, you know, I found that even with our coaching clients who have to complete a daily lesson, um, you know, the ones who say they're going to do it first thing in the morning or the ones who say they're going to do it straight after lunch or the ones who say they're going to do it before bedtime are generally more likely to do it than people who say, I'll do it when I have some time in the day. Absolutely. You know, like some people that they, they can only do it later, but like, if you, if you have a flexibility, like make sure you do the, the things that are important to you first, do it early in the day before you run out of time, before other interruptions come and before you are lower on willpower. Yeah. But I think let's get to point eight and nine and 10. I mean, we've, uh, we've already been talking for, uh, almost an hour sure yeah this is, i'm loving this i think these are you know i we teach these kind of things every single day in the coaching program but i absolutely love talking about them because they really they they're so relevant to me in my own lifestyle and living this slicky lifestyle so they're very rewarding and that's to me. So they're extremely powerful it's to reward yourself like this is the eighth, eighth uh slicky habit rule you know habits are created when an action is is rewarding um Healthy habits often have a more uh, boring long-term reward, whereas unhealthy habits often have like a more exciting immediate reward. You know, like if you're trying to mm -hmm. um, build the habit of, of eating uh, more healthy, whatever that habit actually looks like, you know, you, you won't often notice the benefits very quickly. Like that can often only pay off in, in weeks or months or even years time sure. uh, of actually becoming healthier. Like that kind of progress takes a while. Or even take Where, an example of flushing the teeth. I mean, you don't see that, you don't see that result for a long time. For sure. In fact, you start flushing your, you're flushing your teeth and suddenly your gums are bleeding and oh, this is a horrible experience. I'm not feeling rewarded at all. Yeah. But the reason I'm using the food analogy is eating healthily can uh, have quite a long-term reward. Yeah. Whereas eating unhealthily can have a very immediate, exciting, short-term reward. You know, you, you get this, this rush of sugar, it's tasty, you enjoy it, you feel better. Yeah. Um, so this is why it's important that when you're trying to build healthy habits, you need to find a way to reward yourself immediately yeah. in the short term. Because often these uh, things are very long-term kind of investments. Yeah. So to solve this, if you're wanting to build healthy habits, you must find a way to immediately high-five yourself or reward yourself for doing a habit every time you do it, as well as for being consistent over a period of time. So, you know, like a celebration. On a daily basis, the reward, the reward could simply be ticking it off. Like some people get a massive satisfaction from ticking off a habit. Yeah. Other people they say, yes, well done. Like it can be very corny. Yeah. Like some people, they just, they, they can't bear to think of, of giving themselves like this internal like high five yeah. where other people love it. Absolutely. I mean, you know, like people who give up smoking or people who lose weight. Like, I mean, you can have a jar where you, you know, you, 
you can fill it up with there's lots of different techniques but i often find even just an emotional reward for me is good enough um mm. you know like bj fogg who we who we love he calls it celebrating and he's he's quite a big fan of saying that every time you practice a habit you should celebrate because we talked about earlier how you know when you feel successful you know yeah. you want to be more successful and it makes you feel more confident so a little celebration um to make yourself feel successful i find mantras really help for me so you know i make up a little mantra um where when i do something like you know like take the flossing my teeth example you know like i mean i'll say to myself in my head you know i'm building healthy strong you know teeth or whatever it is or and i feel good about that so like little mantras that can just really reward yourself for doing that can also be extremely powerful um so like you got to find your love language for habits <laughs> exactly exactly i mean uh you know uh, and i think that that's that's important and and as you always make the distinction you know your rewards should be something that enriches you not that you know it shouldn't be things that are going to hold you back like you know a pizza is not a reward for practicing your habits um that's a great point your rewards should make you better they should help you level level you up yeah. make you more like do things of it like if you if you try to reward yourself for exercising well yeah. and regularly don't reward yourself with a donut like reward yourself with actually uh buying a pair of of um nice new workout clothes or sure. it doesn't even have to be a monetary kind of thing no. you can find other ways to reward yourself like maybe it's just uh you're giving yourself a nice, like massage like a back massage or something like that or even just some time to yourself to go walk in the sunshine or you know i think it's the rewards definitely do not have to have any monetary kind of component to them so people shouldn't feel that that's you know something that holds them back um, what I find that works really well is is encouraging people to post into the sleeky facebook group yeah. there's something very rewarding about doing something you set out to do like doing a workout yeah. taking a photo or even just writing it out and posting it to sleep and getting some getting some validation from people sure um that's really a great way to reward yourself uh, for for a job well done absolutely right don't be all or nothing okay mm. we love this one at sleep geek and uh, it's something that we teach um throughout all of our programs and it's probably because it's the thing that most people are you know like most people we work with most people i come across in life are very all or nothing in in, in what they do in life so some people are always on it's like that light switch they're on or they're off there's nothing really in between and i think that's because people for the most part believe that they have to do things perfectly or 100% um, yeah. to be effective So you know this is about and I alluded to it earlier in the podcast when you're trying to build a habit you know you do need to build up a streak you do need to build up um some consistency you do need to try and get it right on more days than not but you don't have to be perfect okay mm. and because life can sometimes happen there's a million reasons why on a given day you might not do your habit um and the thing is not to be attached to perfection because that's where a lot of people fall down they feel like they've failed they start to feel bad about themselves and at the end of the day that's what we really want to um steer away from we want to try and think always something rather than thinking all or nothing so celebrate doing something um mm. as opposed to doing nothing um yeah i think that's so, an all or nothing kind of example would be like you just started a new diet of some kind um 
and now suddenly you get an invite to go out to a restaurant. Let's let's pretend it's in a in a COVID free world. Yeah. Um, you're going out to a restaurant and you you're crap. Now you can't eat the the perfect meal you planned for yourself. Yeah. So you might as well now just go and order pizza and drink beer and get a dessert and just like go all in because yeah. what's the point otherwise? Yeah. Whereas and always something perspective will be okay. It's not going to be the perfect meal according to my plan. Yeah. But uh, there's still things I can do to make this a healthier experience for me. I can go look at the menu beforehand. Right. I can go pick out a few healthy looking things. I can order mostly protein and vegetables. I can ask them to keep some of the oil or the salad dressing on the side. Yeah. I can uh, skip the dessert. I can order like a, a coffee instead of a, a beer or something like that. Yeah. There's so many things you can do in that moment to keep yourself as close to being on track as possible, even if it isn't perfect. Yeah, I mean, that's a really good analogy. Another example or case might be, let's say, for example, you've embarked on uh, a new health journey and you're like four or five days into it, things are going well, and on day six, your partner brings home something that is just, you know, probably not going to help your goals, like some junk food. And, you know, you, you give in... Uh, you you partake in in that junk food. Um, the difference about not being all or nothing. People who aren't all or nothing can basically have that moment, and they can just they can understand that it it, it happened, and it's not the end of the world. And they can go back to now trying to build a healthy lifestyle. Whereas someone who is, someone who's all or nothing, they will at that point think that they've blown it. They'll, ah. they'll think that they can't do this and they'll think that there's no point. They'll think I'm not the type of person that can do this. And that could just lead into a snowball of getting back into really bad habits. That's a really great point. See, like I, I have found that some people believe, well, they, they at least they feel like the single action is what is going to make or break their success. It's going to like that single daily, that single action is going to transform their life. But the reality is it's actually like having this lifetime of consistent and repetitive daily actions that transforms your life. You know, you've got to really, when it comes to habits and especially your health and fitness, you've got to zoom out yeah. and look at the big picture. Sure. You know, it's not the, 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 the small handful of super duper hardcore workouts you do, but can't sustain that's going to make the progress you want. Sure. It, it's going to be like the, the months, the years, or possibly even decades of just being active no matter in what shape or form, you know, people have built great bodies doing different forms of exercise. They've, they've lost a lot of weight eating different types of diets, mm -hmm. but the, the things that all have in common is that they were likely very consistent and they, 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 they ate better more often than not, or they were more active more often than not. And that's what you've got to aim for. Absolutely. And I think, you know, here's a bit of tough love. Um, I think sometimes people let themselves off the hook because mm. ultimately, you know, like let's, Let's, let's be honest, it is often easier to do the things that don't help you in the, in the long term. So, mm. you know, it's easier to give in and, and have the takeaways. Um, it's easier to not eat healthily. It's easier to not exercise um, until, until it's something that you, you know, you've built into your life and that becomes like something you want to do. So yeah. I find often what will happen is if someone engages on a healthy new healthy lifestyle and they're finding it really hard, it's almost like it's easier for them to say, you know what, oh, I can't do this, you see, and go back into their old ways because change is not easy. 
it's mm. possible and it's doable, but it's not easy. You know, there's always going to be a phase of um, discomfort when you, yeah. you make change, which is why yeah. I'm much more a fan of people making very gradual change so it's less discomforting. Um, you know, like James, uh, what's that funny guy? He's the, the trainer. Um, James Smith? James Smith, yeah, that's it. You know, he does those, he does really like entertaining videos on Instagram. Like he's, I was reading his book recently and he's got this great example where he says, you know, when he starts to work with clients, it's like, you know, when you want to boil um, a frog in, in water or whatever it is, you know, like he doesn't believe in like, you know, he would say like slowly ramp up the temperature of the water because otherwise the frogs don't want to jump out, you know. Mm. So when he starts to work with someone new, he's like, you know what, if you turn up the heat to the point that there's so much discomfort, they're going to just want to jump out of the pot. Yeah. Whereas, you know, if it's a gradual, slow process, they'll be able to tolerate the change. Now, you know, the whole point about that is I think people who are embarking on a journey of change is the more drastic they try and make that change, the 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 the, the more chance that they're going to, want to jump out of that pot, <laughs> and it's you know, so much harder. There's um, very much a mental aspect to it, you know. I mean, I think I don't know about you, but when I, whenever I think about people who inspire me, I never think about the people who make it look easy who do it effortlessly. It looks perfect every time, yeah. like they were born for this. I look at the people who are struggling and life is messy for them and that they have so many challenges and somehow they still manage to scrape their way through and achieve their goals. Absolutely. To me, that is inspiring. Um, now I think most, like, if you compare a video of like a personal trainer doing a workout versus a video of maybe someone who's disabled doing a workout, um, the trainer's probably getting a better workout in He's probably doing like better form and, and better exercise and, and more impressive stuff, but it's not that impressive. So I find that on the days where life is really difficult for me and I still manage to do something like it may not be the perfect plan. It may not be the perfect workout, it may not be the perfect meal. But if I, if I have just done something um, that's better than nothing, I'm really proud of myself. Those are days where I'm actually the most motivated. Yes. Uh, the days where life is going really well and it's a breeze, I don't even notice those. Even though I do everything right, I barely notice those days. Absolutely. Even though they're perfect. Absolutely. Uh, and, and the last point I just want to make here around um, the this ninth point of don't be all or nothing and how it relates to habits because, you know, we're in the business of, of teaching people how to build healthy habits and trying to convince them that it's the way to get healthy sustainably. Yeah. And so I think what's important here is that – Habits by definition, you know, for me, a habit's a unit of change. And the habits by definition involve breaking things down, okay? Yeah. So if you took someone who was extremely overweight right now and eating really unhealthily, an all-or-nothing approach would be that person goes from living on junk food and drinking two-liter bottles of Coca-Cola to next week telling them that they must start eating chicken and broccoli steamed, okay? Mm. Setting themselves up for massive failure. Whereas a habit-based approach might just be, hang on, you know what, one of your bad habits is that you're drinking Coca-Cola every day. Mm. You know, could you maybe drink Coke Zero instead? Or mm. could you then take another step and maybe start to drink water infused with, you know, some mint and some lemon and some cucumber? Yeah, you know, even just reduce the consumption in the beginning, yeah. Exactly. Now, the point is, if you took that client and you took, gave them that approach, it's like if you go back to the frog in the boiling water analogy, like someone would think, yeah, you know what, I could just change the Coke thing 
and carry on doing similar to what I'm doing with the other. Like, you know, you don't ask them to change everything overnight. And yeah. I think that's the beauty of a habit-based approach. But, you know, that brings us to point number 10. Yeah, so the very last point for, for building uh habit is actually a bit of counterintuitive and it's to help others yeah. like sometimes the best way to learn something is to teach it absolutely um, you know, get to join you on your journey as an accountability partner or just teach them what you've learned so far yeah um, when helping others there's like this this pressure to kind of lead by example and that's actually why uh i personally like went all in on sleek geek and got so involved in the beginning all those years ago is because i saw that like at the time sleek geek was what i needed uh, like I needed a place where I could talk to people on on a similar kind of journey. We could share our progress. We could ask questions. And I found that the more I put into the community, the more I got out. Yeah. So something I really want to encourage people to do is whatever habit you're trying to build, find other people who are trying to build that same habit and work together. Sure. Help them. Give sure. them advice. Often the advice you're giving them is the exact same advice that you need to take and apply for yourself as well. Absolutely. And when you're further along on your journey, let's say you've got to the point where, you know, you've listened to our material, you've maybe worked with us and you've, you've felt the power of, of habits in your own life, then it's just, you know, it's one more tool that you can help your friends and family or, or anyone you know who needs help with as, as a method to help them make change in their life. And I agree yes. with you 100%, Eric. I mean, the best way to master anything is to teach it. Um, you know, we're constantly learning more just through the fact that we're trying to teach people. And, exactly. And, and anyone can be a leader. Anyone can be a teacher. All you've got to know is just slightly more than the person you're teaching. You don't have to be an award-winning expert or you, you don't have to publish the book to help people. Um, you know, all you need to do is know a little bit more than them in order to help them um, and obviously you know, do that responsibly. Absolutely. You know, I, mean, I, I think one of the, the, one of the benefits of deliberately looking for people to help is that you are going to be putting yourself in an environment with like-minded people. You're going to be surrounding yourself with people who are trying to achieve the same goals as you. Yeah. You know, that's also why Sleeky works so well and why the Sleeky community is such a successful place is because you go into Sleeky and you see like for most of the world, most of the world isn't very healthy. Like mm -hmm. our, our environment isn't designed to uh, improve our house. Most most of the technologies and our jobs and the foods in our in our world are very counterproductive to health. Sure. But when you go to Sleek Geek, suddenly you see health being the norm. You see everyone else doing these things. So if they're all doing it, why can't you? It suddenly becomes normal. You know, like none of these guys are ordering takeaways. So why should I? Yeah. There's there's almost like this peer pressure to conform to the norm within Sleek Geek, and it's a, it's a positive peer pressure. It's a good thing. Uh, so. Absolutely. Join the, join the Sleeky community on Facebook if you haven't already. Um, reach out to your friends and family. Invite them to join Sleeky with you or just invite them to, to work on certain healthy habits with you as like an accountability partner and then share your together. That is why you and I created Sleeky eight, nine years ago is that people don't have to be alone on this health journey. Um, and that's, that's the space that we're holding for people. You know, Sleeky is a community where you can find like-minded people on the same journey as you and you know we can do it together and that's the beauty of it i think that's a good time for us to wrap up the podcast thank you very much it was really uh, i enjoyed uh well, it was kind of weird uh not being in the same location as you but yeah i think it uh it worked well and uh what a what a great topic to chat about we're both very passionate about building habits 
So I really hope that the people who listen to this got a tremendous amount of value from that. Fantastic. Thank you, guys. Thank you for your time. Um, let us know what you thought. And we'll see you again next week, Monday, for the next podcast episode. Cheers. Bye.